Thank you for tuning into the Rowdy Cards podcast on RowdyCards.com. I'm your host, Patrick Greeno, and today we're going to be talking about some interesting things uh, in sports and in the hobby. So let's dive right into it here. Uh, first things first, man steals Little Debbie delivery truck but doesn't eat anything. <laughs> a waste. <laughs> yeah, I guess he just took the truck for like 20 minutes to go visit family and friends. Here's the thing with this. I don't think 20 minutes is enough time to drive out of a parking lot and go visit family and friends, unless they live really close in proximity as neighbors, because 20 minutes is just not that much time, and trucks are slow. I mean, I figured if you're going to be wasting time, may as well just crack open a box. You're going to, I mean, you're going to get jail time anyway. May as well just enjoy what you got there, right? You know, have a have a ho ho or two or whatever. I don't know what else. To, what is little? I I haven't eaten little Debbie since I was like a small child, and I think I've only had it like once or twice. What are they known for? What are their things? They're little cakes. But what? Uh, zebra cakes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I've never had a zebra cake, and I'm sort of in your camp. I, I haven't had anything from Little Debbie in a long time. That sounds like a last-minute kind of excuse when he got pulled over. I was just going to visit friends and family. Why are you hassling me? Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought there was, a, there was a delivery truck here. I figured, why not? You know, I just... It was yeah. running. I mean, I just took it, whatever... Yeah, right. They they have the uh, the the chocolate cakes with the white cream in the middle and a little white swirl on the top. That's the one I remember growing up. And the zebra cakes were in like middle school, high school. And so like when I'd buy, we had a uh, Taco Bell did a licensing with our my middle school, and so I could buy Taco Bell bean burritos at lunch through my school, which was cool. And so you could get like a also like little Debbie cakes and things. I never got the little Debbie's things. I was more like a Taco Bell bean burrito and then the um. Sour cream and cheddar ruffles and bean burrito. That was like my combo, and I, I loved enjoy, enjoying that. But I do remember seeing some of these little Debbie cakes uh, available when I was in middle school. Oh, yeah, like, um, I mean, this kind of food is like, like uh, what are they called? Nutter butters or like moon pies or like, like, yeah, like, pies. like, remember the um, apple pies, the, the individual apple pies you get in the packs? Remember those when we were younger? At like Jeez. at like Seven Elevens or whatever, they were awesome though. They tasted so good. So that 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 kind of reminds me of like the type of food that little little Debbie creates is these kind of like small little cute, desserty kind of bakery items. And there a lot of them are very delicious. But I mean, as you get older, you get smarter with what you put in your body. So this stuff doesn't really, I don't think, a part of the target audience anymore. <laughs> nope. I guess uh, this gentleman specifically was not part of the target audience, although he was interested in their transportation. Right. Got to enjoy it for for a little bit. Yeah, I mean, little De- Debbie excels in two areas: bakery items and transportation. Transportation. You know, why why get an Uber when you can just grab a little Debbie truck? You know what I'm saying? It's cheaper. <laughs> Anywho, that introduces our podcast. Thank you for listening, Ryan. Would you like to tackle this next point? Chirath. I want to say Chirath. It might be Kirath. Chirath Karunarathna uh, becomes the first player from Sri Lanka to register for MLB's minor league. Uh, and it's if you Google the story, it's sort of hard to find details. There are a lot of foreign websites that have crudely translated details. Um, I'm not exactly sure what register for minor leagues means. But he is in the minor league system. I don't think he's officially been signed or drafted by any uh, MLB team. But it is cool that he's the first player from Sri Lanka. Uh, I think over the past like 
10 years or so, we've had a lot more um, players from random odd countries kind of make their way into the ML or into the minor leagues and into the major leagues. Uh, but never have we had somebody from Sri Lanka. And in that part of the world, cricket is very popular. So I wouldn't be surprised if, if we start seeing more and more cricket players turn baseball players. I know there was a couple of guys from India that came into the Pirates organizations uh, in the minor leagues and as pitchers because they were incredible cricket players. They had amazing arms. And the Pirates thought, well, they've got the arm talent. Let's let's try and put that on the mound. And I think Disney made a movie about it with like John Hamm or somebody. But so there's been like weird sort of pop-ups of players from these sorts of countries. Um, and it's always fun to see them come through. And you can count on me if – this guy makes the major leagues. I will buy his jersey because his last name is so ridiculous. I want to see it fit on a jersey. Well, I think I'm trying to think of the longest last names in the MLB. And Jared Saltzalamakia, I that's a big think one. that's the longest one. And I think that's longer than uh, Karunarathna. <laughs> but uh, I guess I'd have to count the letters out to see. But uh, it's going to be a challenge to fit that on the back of a jersey. Yeah. And if he makes the minor leagues and there's a jersey available, um, I guess I'll, I'll have to keep an eye out for that because I'd like to have one. I have a couple of friends who have long last names similar to this one, and they just they they just go by a, a shorter version of it. Like like for like for example, this name you know it might be Kareth Karun, uh, and so it's like it makes it easier for them to you know sign makes it easier for people to rem- remember their last names. I, I've I've had a few conversations with my friends about that. I'm like, why aren't, you, why aren't you embracing your full name? He's like, well, it's just hard to pronounce, and then people know me easier this way. I'm like, I totally get that. It's fine. But going back to this uh, Sri Lanka first baseball player, I think it's really cool. What that kind of tells us is that baseball is, is really reaching globally some of the smaller markets around the, around the world, and, and that's, that's always good for you know, uh, just general exposure of the sport, but also finding talent in other spots around the world, which is really cool. Yeah, and then, you know, in addition to those guys from India, the, the cricket players, um, I know there was a, a guy named Gift Nagope, who I believe was from Nigeria or another country in Africa. Uh, I don't think he made it very far, but he was uh, a prospect at one point. I think I have one of his cards from like 2013 Bowman Chrome or something like that. Um, and then... On another level, there's Andleton Simmons from uh, Curacao, which is in the Caribbean, which not a lot of players from the Caribbean. Uh, And then Xander Bogarts from Aruba. Um, Again, not a lot of players from Aruba. Those are like just these tiny island countries. Yeah, small. So it's it's just cool to see players from these odd countries come in, represent in the MLB – Hopefully in the MLB for this guy from Sri Lanka. We'll see what happens. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I think it's going to start happening more and more as baseball becomes more of a global sport. And I think teams are making more of an effort to look beyond Japan, South Korea, and South America, and Mexico, and sort of widen their approach to international scouting. 
and that's how you get guys from these odd countries. And uh, I, I hope to see more and more of it because we get really cool names out of it, first of all. <laughs> sure. And it, it just strengthens, strengthens the, the MLB brand around the world. Uh, it's, I think it's, it's really good for the game. And it, it, it makes uh, me better at geography because I have to look up where these places are. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for sharing with that. That's a nice uh, um, line item on the podcast to talk about, you know, first baseball player from Sri Lanka. It's kind of nice to talk about some, you know, it's guys that come over from these tiny little regions, right? And there's talent sort of peppered about the world. And we have to kind of just go into the outer reaches to find this talent, right? That's the thing. And so kind of cool, you know, I may hope, hopefully Karath, Karath it, you know, <laughs> becomes something you know we're able to kind of see him blossom into something i mean I, I always like to kind of root for uh small market players and see kind of where they go so it's cool cool to talk about uh moving on here we got a couple of ebay auctions that uh, have expired they've been sold really cool stuff so let's get right into it here these first two sold by the same seller all right ready for this both ken griffey jr cards Okay, the first one, King Griffey Jr., 1999, EX Century Essential Credentials, Future, numbered, no, card number 17 and serial number to 104. So they had 104 copies. Closes with 26 bids at $1,580. That's, that, to me, is really high for a card number to, like, over 100. Like, I just think that in the four figures is just exceptionally rare. Um, but... You know, I see that and I'm like, gosh, I mean, it's if anybody's going to get to that number, it's going to be either Jeter or Griffey, right? That's those okay. are the two guys. Yep. So I'm not completely surprised by it. I just, when I see something, a card number to like 100 and up, I, I think it's maybe going to be in the three figures somewhere, depending on what it is. But four figures, exceptionally rare. And so I'm like, okay, cool, fine. So that closed. And then this other Griffey card, same seller, 1999 EX Century Essential Credentials Now. Now, if you know this situation on how the, the futures and nows are, is that the now has the same serial number as the card number. So card number 17 has a serial number of 17. Okay. Closes with 32 bids and get this at $7,100. That I can believe. The reason why is because how, how rare do we ever see the, 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 the essential credentials nows of superstar players in, in this set? I rarely ever see them. So yeah. when I saw this, I was like, gosh, you know, 32 bids at 7,100. Like I said, either Jeter or Griffey are going to reach that echelon of end price. So um, really mm -hmm. rare stuff. I, I like this set quite a bit. I was out of the hobby when it came out, so I missed it until I came back in in 2003. And so uh, I'm just a big fan of this, this, this plastic stuff that um, Skybox was doing in the late 90s. Ryan, you have thoughts? I love the EX stuff. Yeah. Um, when I was PCing Nomar, I, I was lucky enough to, to pick up some of the super rare uh, essential credential, you know, those types of cards. Um, and they are like, they're unlike anything I've ever seen in any card. Yeah. Uh, even today. So they, they, they certainly stand out. And this auction just sort of reminds me of the fact that there's like no good time to ever start collecting Griffey. It's just, <laughs> it's always it's, a bad market, right? <laughs> it's always going to be insane. Cause I see some cool nineties inserts, you know, some fun, like rookie kind of era rookie yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I think that'd be cool to, to kind of pad my collection with Griffey. Cause I don't really have a whole lot. 
but it's just always so expensive. Same goes for Jeter. Um, yeah. And, you know, there, there are a couple other guys out there that, that sort of fit that bill, but totally. Griffey especially. It's, and it, Griffey, he was such a, such a superstar in the late 90s, early 2000s when, when the baseball cards were just sort of at their peak. Mm-hmm. There was so much competition, so much innovation going on. So he's featured in all these amazing sets and all these amazing parallels and cool inserts. And um, I don't know, you know, someday I, I got to pick up something significant from Griffey. It's not just a rookie card. And there's a lot to choose from. Yeah, plenty this of options. A card to have, although for $7,100, I think I'm going to be out on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, it, it's, it's, so I have a ton of respect for guys who, who stayed true to collecting Griffey over the years. They didn't ever quit and they're still doing it today. I'm, I think it's just the coolest thing to see those guys still super hardcore on it. They're real passionate like Thomas guys, you know? Um, I mean, I have a lot of respect for player collectors because I am one and I know what we have to go through to like add to our collections, especially when we're collecting guys in those like superstar status, like levels of performance. Like Griffey is Jeter Ripken, Frank Thomas, Nolan Ryan, you know, these guys are, they're all highly desirable. I mean, Griffey is sort of in a, in a place in his own. Um, and I have a lot of respect for people that can, you know, pursue these things and, and add to their collections. And I mean, there's some amazing Griffey collections out there. Just incredible stuff. Oh yeah. And, and, and I've met some of the guys who, who are still PCing him and I'm, I'm always just so floored by the stuff they've been able to acquire uh, it's just so cool to talk to them and, and, and get a feel for like, you know, what they've been through, you know, because they've seen like the the time when he was still playing and we were too young uh, to, to, to buy that super high end. And now we're at an age where we can do that. And we always talk about that. We're in our 30s now. And so uh, we have jobs and businesses and things that we're, we're able or we're allowed now to to buy some of these these rare pieces but because of that everybody else is too which is what drives up the cost it's a really cool phenomenon i like to watch that it's really good for the hobby i mean watching auctions like this is it's awesome i mean it's just so cool to watch this stuff i mean 7100 i think it's just awesome so rad i'm just a big fan i'm a big fan of huge sales huge huge buys like this and i'm I'm always like rooting collectors on for, for getting big pieces into their collections, you know, when they can finance them. Absolutely. And just to sort of put that, that price in context, that $7,100, uh, I'm just looking at sold listings right now for Griffey, for high-end Griffey stuff. Yeah. There is a PSA 1089 upper deck, obviously legendary baseball card, not just a legendary Griffey card, but like one of the most legendary baseball cards of all time. Iconic. Like it's one of the signed, most iconic, yeah. Yeah, iconic. It, so this is a PSA 10 example. It's signed. Uh, and that sold for just north of nine thousand. Okay. So that's so that's the sort of ballpark this this card we're talking about is in. Yeah. Um, and once and, you start getting to like the like between the five and ten thousand dollar mark, like that block. Mm. I mean that that that's that's in the types of people that buy in that block of that 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 range of pricing i mean these are like mostly really dedicated serious hardcore collectors that can get into that block i've been in that block one time okay but i've i've been in the uh 1000 to 5000 block a, 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 a quite a bit more times and so but the one time that i bought a card 
in the five to ten thousand dollar range wasn't even a Frank Thomas card. <laughs> okay, and 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 I I consider myself pretty you know comfortable in my collection for my Thomas stuff. I'm you know comfortable spending some money if it makes sense uh, on cards that I'm looking to get into my collection. I, I try to I'm pretty aggressive in that capacity, but I've never had to be in a situation to be in that region. I will say this though. 96 mirror golds. We talk about this all the time that they're so expensive. They end in that block like, you know, pretty commonly. Thomas Griffey, uh those Jeter obviously is going to even exceed that block easily, but those two guys are in that block. They're in between 5 and 10 grand most of the time. So, and we talk about this car, this 99 EX now closing at 7100 bucks. I'm not surprised. You know, it's exceedingly rare, 17 copies. I mean, this is rarer by almost twice as much as a 96 Select Certified Mirror Gold. And for what it is, at 7,100, it seems like a bargain in that way. You know, Mirror Golds are number to 30. This is number to 17. You know, if this were released in 96, I can almost guarantee you'd see a huger, way huger number than 7,100 bucks. So anyway, long story short, I just think that these two items, really cool stuff that they, they were purchased uh, for the prices that they were, I like to see the closing amounts for where they are. I, I'm just, I, I, it's, it's encouraging to see these big sales. I like to see them. I think they're cool. I like the activity of 32 bids, 26 bids. Um, mm -hmm. I just like seeing that stuff. So I want to talk about those two listings. And I want to talk about this other listing. It's a basketball card. 1996 was the first year of Topps Chrome for basketball and also the first year of Topps Chrome Refractors, of course. And Kobe Bryant, his Topps Chrome is the big rookie, but the refractor version of the card is the serious, seriously desirable version of the card. A BGS 10 closed recently, 94 bids at $62,600. I mean, that's like, <laughs> you get to a place where like $62,000 is, I mean, that could be a down payment on a house, a, a really nice house. A really nice house. A really yeah. nice house. Uh, and so it's, you look at this, you're like 62000 Who's who's buying this stuff? You are, you already know it's going to be either business people like holdings owners, holdings company owners, attorneys, or doctors. I can't think of anybody else who's going to have this kind of cash to just spend. You know, Kobe I, Bryant. Kobe He's buying his own cards. <laughs> He's going to buy all the '96 Topps Chrome Refractors, right? All of them, every single yeah. one. I think what was it that Reggie Jackson tried to get all of his '69 Topps cards at one point? I, can't, I don't, really? I don't remember. I don't remember. I just, I, I think I heard through the grapevine campfire talk uh, in, the cool, in the cooler. Somebody mentioned that Reggie Jackson was after one of his cards, like every copy. And I think that was the one. And that may have just been a rumor. But when I think of an athlete collecting his own cards, I think like, well, what better than to go to eBay and start knocking them out? You have the money. You know, I think what Josh Donaldson collects baseball cards. If I were Josh Donaldson, I'd be trying to get all my cards, you know. Yeah, I don't know how many pro athletes collect their own cards. I know pro athletes collect cards, but I wonder how many of them collect their own. There is one guy um, that I started following on Twitter who is a pro athlete who does buy his own cards, actually, come to think of it. He's not a superstar, but he's utility. So, anyway, Ron, you have comments on this Kobe Bryant card? Uh, I guess, you know, I started collecting about a year after the set came out. Hmm. And I always wonder, what if I had started collecting just a little bit earlier? And because I was a big basketball fan back then, I like the Lakers, you know. 
maybe could have gotten my hand on something like this. Maybe not the refractor version, but sure. the base version. So. Yeah, and I mean, even in 97, the, the Chrome base, while popular, was is nowhere near where it is right now. Yeah, nowhere near. This price is, is shocking to me. I, I really wouldn't have guessed this. This is crazy. Yeah, super but, crazy. Super crazy. Uh, I, see, I see quite a bit more nines. I've seen a lot of PSA 10s at the Nationals that I've been to. Guys have like five or six of them in their showcase or whatever. And so, like, I've seen a, a whole bunch of 10s of PSA. Never seen a BGS 10. What I do know about this set, though, is that, like, uh, a lot of cards suffer from slight, imper slightly imperfect centering. So you see a lot of 9s in the market. And I'd be happy with an 8 or a 9 with this card. I've always wanted this card. So maybe someday I'll get it. But I, I don't need a 10. Yeah, I don't need a perfect card. Uh, I'm, I'm usually happy with, like, authenticated PMG green Jordans, like that kind of thing. Like, I'm okay with chipping on the edges and the normal condition flaws that take place for some of these cards. Like I'm okay with that. You know, imperfection is interesting, you know, like I like that. So, um, but, but, you know, teach their own and someone who wants the BGS 10, I'm, I'm stoked. They got one for over 60 K. So cool. We talked about that, that red Michael Jordan PMG that, that sold for 63 K, you know, we, yeah. we discussed it and, 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 and it was, it was, you know, uh, made its way to the auction block and it was already over 60k within a short amount of time and it kind of just stayed there after we talked about it i was wondering if we were going to discuss it again but there's really kind of no need because it didn't move beyond the 63,000 and change point that when we talked about it so this here is like in that category this is like jordan pmg red level you know of purchase like which one would you rather have ryan the the red pmg jordan or the uh this this bryant refractor bgs 10 I was just thinking about that. I, I think I'd rather have the Jordan. Yeah? I think so. Why is that? That's a really tough call. <laughs> it is a tough call. In the the rookie category, I think, is special to both of us. Uh-huh. Right? Totally. Hall of Fame rookie cards are, like, one of the coolest things you can have in your collection. They're fantastic. At the same time... That PMG set, that basketball set, is just so legendary. It really is. I don't really think there's ever going to be a modern set like that. It would um, be interesting to want to have these, like you know, and and kind of track their value over time and see which one does better, the Jordan or the this Kobe refractor, because the the Jordan selling at sixty three one hundred, and the Kobe at sixty two six hundred. You know, you, you kind of have to kind of see and, 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 you know, mind you, mind you, however, that the Jordan was PSA 6.5. It wasn't a, B, a BGS 10. Granted, it's PMG, so high grades are just difficult anyway. But that's a tough call for me, too. I don't know. That's a, I mean, I, I honestly, man, you just pick one at random and I'd be happy. <laughs> yeah, They're both exactly. solid, solid cards. Uh, I have a, I have a kind of a closeness to the Kobe because I remember when Kobe came on the scene in '96. I was in Taekwondo and uh, my grandmaster's son was training with me, and he was big into basketball, so he sort of introduced me to Kobe Bryant, and uh, not not the person, but like the like information about the player. And I was like, okay, cool. And I kind of watched his career, you know, for a little bit. And uh, I never I got some of his cheaper rookie cards like the Upper Deck and Collector's Choice and you know those ones, and so. But I didn't really find out about the, I didn't really find a significance of the Topps Chrome card until much later. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I, I can't get the, the refractor at the time was like five grand. You know, I look at this card and I'm like, geez, 
what a great card to have. And so this is certainly one of the top five cards, I would say, best rookie cards. It's not a one of one, right, of Kobe. Yeah, I think I agree with that. Yeah. So that's a typical question for me because you got the PMG. It's like beautiful cards out of the gate. These are both awesome. I I, I don't think there's any wrong answer here, honestly, (laughs) between this card and the PMG Jordan, the red one. But I just want to talk about this listing because 94 bids at $62,600. Huge. So huge. So moving on here, Ryan, I want to talk to you about this. I want to pose a question to you. If you if you lived forever, okay, mm-hmm. what collecting pursuit would you attempt? I think I would go with uh, all the master sets of Topps Heritage starting from the beginning. Oh, wow. It's up until whenever they stop. If I'm living forever, I guess. <laughs> Never ending goal. Yeah. So that would be my, just the first thing off the top of my head. Just because I've always respected collectors that do that. It's such a crazy task. Totally. Because um, heritage is just riddled with weird variations and uh, it's a huge set to put together. Uh, it's not easy. It's kind of complicated. It's not straightforward at all. So that would be a really fun thing to sink my teeth into if I had to live for all eternity. <laughs> That's a pretty good goal. There's so much to tackle with Heritage with all the different variations and the short prints. And I mean, it's just so much. There's just so much. And, yeah. and, and it's been what Topps Heritage was launched in 2001. And at yeah. the time, they were that was the 52 Topps. Set. I really, if you look back on it, and I did a survey on this, is like, you know, what's what do you think is the first top set? Fifty-one red and blue back, or fifty-two tops? And seventy percent of responses, fifty fifty responses came in. Seventy percent said fifty-one red and blue back. Thirty percent said the fifty-two top set. And so the fifty-two top set is like the true, like official release because it's like you know multi-series stat back, the classic tops we've all come to remember. But Topps started in 51 as the, in the game cards. So really, Topps Heritage really should have started in 2000 with the 51 set. But I'm going to let that slide. <laughs> so <laughs> 50, 52 set, I think that's fine. The Chrome versions of those are super, super desirable. I still don't have a Thomas, believe it or not. And for a card number to 552, you'd think that you know you could get it for cheaper. Those cards consistently fetch 40 bucks and up. I mean, it's well, just odds are crazy. If you if you look at the the odds on any heritage set for the like the chrome or the black border or you know any of the kind of SP SSP, I mean the odds are really insane. Oh, are they, okay, yeah, because I was I, I guess the chromes were considered S. Well, they're SPs because they're 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 serial numbered back in two thousand one. Yeah, but because it's the first year of of heritage it's my understanding the reason why they're so expensive is because people still collect them and they were heavily collected then as well yeah that sounds about right they well, what would be your uh eternity oh yeah you turn it back on me <laughs> here, here here's the thing with me is that i i've i i've always thought it would be the coolest thing to own an entire base set but the super fractor versions of them like an entire like 300 cards set, all super fractors. So for me, I'd want to do the master set of 2010 Bowman Chrome, all the different like, you know, prospects, draft prospects, the the just standard Bowman Chrome set. I'd want all the f- super fractors, every card in the set. 
in a in a binder. I could flip through it, the entire set, like all the sets in one binder. Of course, I don't think I could fit all those sets in one binder. Too many cards. But I always thought it'd be cool to put together a master set of of one of the releases of of Super Fractors. I don't know if I I still don't even if I lived forever. I don't know if I could do it because I'd have to meet every person that owns one of the cards or find a way to identify who has what. I think what I would do is create like a a marketing campaign. I'd find, assuming money wasn't an issue, I'd, I'd pay, a, 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 I'd, I'd market this as like, hey, I'm looking for super factors and I'm willing to pay people to help me look for them. I need affiliates. So I'd, I'd try to like source hundreds of affiliates, people that could look for these for me. And I would pay them a percentage of based on what they pay for the cards with my money. So if they pay like 10%, let's just say it's like they pay for this card for a hundred dollars, they make $10 on that transaction. And that way I could, I could scale my efforts. It'd, it'd be ser seriously costly, but that's the only way I could, I'd be able to do it. Even if I lived forever, I'd still want to scale my efforts to get it done quickly. You know, I, I don't know if it's even doable, but I just think it'd be so cool to try to try to try to tackle that. I think it'd just be a lot of fun. But that would be insane. That would be so cool to see all in one place. <laughs> right. Entire set of super fractures. I think if I finish that, I'd probably try to complete a set of 99 Fleer Brilliance 24 karat gold. Yeah. That was my next thought is if it's not going to be heritage, it would be. Uh, you know, like a Donner's Crusades or a 24K gold sort of pursuit. Um, you know, that would be so incredible to have all in one place. Totally. I guess my eternal pursuit right now is uh, Rex Heather autograph cards. Those and are rare. those, I mean, I, I have the unrivaled Rex Heather autograph collection. So I don't even need to live forever to, to build that kind of collection. So, not trying to brag, but. <laughs> That's how it is. <laughs> That's rad. Any pursuit is a fun one. There aren't any wrong answers. There's just whatever you think is best. That's where you should go. You know, there's no, there aren't wrong answers for collecting. It's just your answer, and that's the, that's the right answer. Exactly. For you. So that that concludes this podcast. Ryan, thank you for joining me. I really appreciate it, buddy. No, no problem. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Thank you for tuning in to Radicards Podcast and Radicards.com. And until next time, enjoy collecting. If you like this content, please subscribe. Thank you. Enjoy collecting.